Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Well, last Wednesday, which was July 18th, a young woman went missing. She wasn't reported missing until the following day, the following afternoon. And of course, the way our laws are structured, our crazy laws are structured here in the United States of America, it's typical not to be able to actually have anything done regarding a missing person for 48 hours. Uh, But this young woman, Molly Tibbetts, she was in a small rural community, Brooklyn, Iowa, in the eastern portion of Iowa, and she went missing. Mysterious, mysterious circumstances, just off in Podunk, America, you know, way away from everything. What could have happened? Well, first of all, Vicious, ruthless, sadistic, murderous crimes are committed in every part of this country, of this great country. Not just in inner city of this major metropolitan area or that one, but in small rural settings. But this is made out to be a great mystery. A community of 1,500 people in Corny, Iowa, right? Well, this young woman, lovely young woman, 20 year old, petite, five foot three, has also been reported as being five two, but apparently was five three, and somewhere in the vicinity of 120 pounds. And cute and perky and full of life and a sophomore in college, I believe, at University of Iowa. But she was dog-sitting for her boyfriend of three years at his house. And just days after this... She was due to travel, to fly to the Dominican Republic to see his older brother get married, to see his older brother's wedding in that idyllic, safe, secure community of the Dominican Republic. She was dog-sitting for him. She sent him an image via, I'm not sure what it was, Snapchat or something. But he didn't actually communicate with her. And then the next day, she didn't turn up for work. And so she was reported missing. Well, it turns out that 
She took a break from dog sitting, and instead of taking the dog or doggies along with her, she went jogging. And she wasn't in the habit of jogging at night, so it is assumed it wasn't night yet when she went. But she went jogging like clockwork. This was just part of her regular schedule. And in a community that small, that kind of thing is known, is readily known. Reminds me of the case which preceded this by a great deal of a young woman, a 16-year-old teenage girl, jogging at her high school in upstate Maine. And she was attacked, raped, and murdered at the high school or behind the high school and her body was discovered, I'm not sure, a day or two later, Joyce McLean. And the destroyer who slaughtered her has never been found. No one has ever been arrested. A precious girl. What these two young women have in common, one a 16-year-old teenager, the other a 20-year-old, is that they're both ordinary girls, okay? Not sensational beauties like the Kardashian clan. And yes, I did say that, not Kardashian, the Kardashian clan, the extended clan of spectacularly, outwardly beautiful women. No, these are ordinary, all-American girls. Darling girls. Well, it is not known what has become of Molly Cecilia Tibbetts. And there is a major effort underway using social media to get the word out about her. But again, vicious, ruthless, murderous crimes are committed across this nation, including across the heartland of this nation. Darling girls, young women, young mothers, pregnant women are targeted by vicious, ruthless, monstrous destroyers. Those such as the Night Stalker and Ted Bundy and all of the others, myriad others. Not to mention pimps, typically black pimps, targeting white girls in places like Minnesota, Wisconsin, and so forth. And Minnesota, Minnesota and Wisconsin are, of course, in immediate proximity to Iowa, but targeting white girls there, kidnapping them and trafficking them to other parts of the country. But rural Iowa, the sheriff, he stated that, if I can locate (laughs) where it is said, but anyway, they haven't ruled anything out. They're not ruling anything out. They're reviewing everything. Anybody and everybody. Quote, 
everything and everybody is under review. End quote. Uh, per the county sheriff, Thomas Kriegel. Isn't that great? So there's, there's no deductive reasoning here, Sherlock. Right? There's no process of elimination. We're just going to include and consider every remote possibility because that's the way to do it, the most encyclopedic way to handle it. No, that's not the way to do it. That's the way a computer would do it. But that's not the way reasoning people would do it. What are the probabilities? Not only possibilities, what are the probabilities, really? Well, I'll tell you what they're not. They are not that this young woman took off. No. She's a sophomore in college. She is days away from flying to the Dominican Republic to see her boyfriend of three years, older brother, get married. She is dog-sitting for him in his house. And yet, among the possibilities being considered is that she just up and took off. Fascinating. Even though she left some items behind that she, of course, never would have left behind if she were going to do that. Not to mention leaving his doggy or doggies unattended, alone, <laughs> what with him out of town. Not to mention that this is also diametrically contrary to her behavior. And again, she left her wallet and ID behind at the house, at her boyfriend's house, where she was dog-sitting. And yet, detectives are still trying to determine for certain if she disappeared while jogging or if she left, not disappeared, but if she left from the house afterwards. Again, quote, Everything is being considered. We are looking at everything and everybody, end quote. Well, her boyfriend said something that, frankly, I find disturbing. (laughs) He said, quote, if this is her running off, nobody would have seen it coming. Nobody in the world, not her family, not me. Nobody would have ever guessed that she'd just take off and not tell anybody, end quote. Why would he say such a thing? Why would he suggest such a thing, that she could have just taken off? (laughs) To me, that is suspicious. But I happened to look it up on the map, because even though I read this article and that article about it, I got no clue as to where Brooklyn, Iowa was, except that it was in eastern Iowa. So looked it up on the map, and guess what? Because they continually repeat this about this rural community of only 1,500 people. Local authorities are stymied as to why and how she could have gone missing from her rural community of about 1,500 people. And who may be responsible? It's such a dark mystery, isn't it? Well, 
Take a look at your map and guess what you're going to find. I wanted to see how far is Brooklyn, Iowa away from places, wonderful places like Chicago, Illinois. And what did I find? I found that Brooklyn, Iowa is immediately adjacent, immediately off of Interstate 80, I-80, which crosses the nation, this major transcontinental route that is used night and day by heavy traffic, not only of tourists and commuters, but of semi-tractor trailer, trucks, buses, and what have you. It is immediately adjacent, immediately off of I-80. What does that mean? That means it's one of those places which people exit the freeway from routinely in order to take bathroom breaks to get Food, drink, refreshment, lodging. It's immediately off of Interstate 80. It's not off in Podunk somewhere hours from the nearest big city. That's not the case. It's right off of Interstate 80. But in addition to that, if that's not enough... It's also close, in close proximity to Interstate 35, which goes north and south, whereas Interstate 80 goes east and west. Interstate 380, which is more of an arterial there or a roundabout for Interstate 80, and Interstate 74. It's in close proximity to all of those. So there's all kinds of major traffic flow around this little burg. So it's a very, very, very extremely different situation from what has been reported. In terms of probability of what happened, of who committed this crime. She didn't run off. That is nonsense. That is idiocy. That's not detective work. That's idiocy. She was kidnapped by person or persons. She may well be dead by now, but she was kidnapped, raped, gang raped, for all I know, and so on and so forth, probably murdered. Oh, but again, things don't happen in rural America. Does the name Holly Lynn Bobo mean anything to you? Hmm? Holly Lynn Bobo, beautiful, precious, darling girl, same age as Molly Cecilia Tibbetts, same age. Where did she disappear from several years ago? She was kidnapped from her parents' house, from her house. Her brother was at home. Her 21-year-old brother was at home. And again, same age, she was 20, as I recall. And she was attending college, and she was taking nursing. And she sang beautifully in her church. It was a beautiful, precious girl. Kidnapped at knife point from her house in rural America more than an hour 
from Memphis, Tennessee, north of Memphis. Well, her body, her skeletal remains were finally found sometime later, and two outstanding young men were arrested for kidnap-rape murder in the heartland of America. So, oh, it's such a great mystery. No, there's nothing mysterious about it. Unfortunately, this is not a mystery. It's a vicious, monstrous crime. And this young woman hopefully is still alive and hopefully will be located and rescued and saved. But, how it's reported, how it's dealt with, how it is investigated is incredibly troubling to me. We have the Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, which only gets involved in crimes if, if, pardon me, if it can be shown that there's more than one state involved, if a person has been transported across state lines. Kidnapped and taken across state lines, something like that. Or if you've got someone who is robbing banks from this state to that state to the next state. Or on a a murder crime spree, again, spanning states, multiple states. Other kinds of crimes that they routinely are involved with are white-collar crimes where no lives are at stake whatsoever. But meanwhile, we insist on kidnapping scenarios like this, kidnap, rape, murder, and kidnap, rape, trafficking, and so forth, relegating these cases to the local police and the local sheriffs because, of course, they are the best equipped, best equipped to get to the bottom of these things quickly in time to save these people, right? It's a complete complete falsehood. Police and sheriffs are not the best equipped for these things. Even if they've got the best and brightest people in their ranks, they are not the best equipped to deal with these things. Furthermore, cases like this, there is absolutely no way to know that she hasn't been transported to Illinois, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Mississippi, Louisiana, Nevada. It wasn't reported until the next afternoon. Chicago is less than five hours away. Could she have been attacked and murdered there in that place and never have left Brooklyn? Absolutely. Or could she be being held still somewhere in Brooklyn? Yes. But these rules and laws that we have, I know there are people that are uncomfortable about 
having the FBI, having a federal law enforcement agency involved in state investigations, if you will, or local investigations. And I can understand that. But our priorities are wrong. We value human life too little when it is the lives of the good and the kind and the innocent and the righteous and the honorable. And we value lives too highly when they are the lives of the vicious, ruthless, sadistic, monstrous destroyers who, given the opportunity, seek to destroy the good. We should, we should have for the past many, many, many decades have been assigning the FBI routinely, immediately to being in charge of investigations of cases like this. But we haven't and we won't. Why are we concerned about the FBI becoming an SS, not to be confused with the Secret Service, but an SS police force or like the KGB and now FSB in Russia? Hmm? No. Investigating kidnapping scenarios like this does not enable the FBI would not enable the FBI to then commit mass murders across the nation. It would not prevent the police and the sheriff's departments from conducting investigations of anything and everything. For the FBI to take lead in cases like this, and I mean immediately, and for our laws to be changed so there is no time limit required of 24 hours or 48 hours before an investigation will be initiated into a missing person. Now, as far as there being some rudimentary investigation at the outset to determine, is this really a missing person case in all probability, that's fine, but initiate that. Initiate that rudimentary work. It's only going to require a half hour, an hour to figure that out. Every now and then there is a change in our laws for the better that helps save some people. The Amber Alert system is one such example. But more often than not, there is no such thing. I urge you to pray for Molly Tibbetts, for her to be located and rescued and saved. Meanwhile, in another part of the world, in Georgia, But no, I'm probably mispronouncing it because it's not the state of Georgia. 
eh, you could say it's the state of Georgia, the Republic of Georgia. Yes, the Republic of Georgia. So over there in Putin land, adjacent to Russia, the Georgian Republic, where so very many of its citizens were slaughtered by the KGB under the direction of dear Uncle Joe Joseph Stalin, a pseudonym. A man and his wife and their little boy were murdered. These people had gone to Georgia years ago in order to help the Georgian people, which is what they were doing. Ryan Smith, his wife, Laura, and their son, Caleb. Well, Caleb was just a little boy, just four years old. But as daddy and mama, they were doing great good work, trying to help Georgia economically. That's why they went. The father started a company, Rewoven, that creates handcrafted woven carpets specifically to revive the traditional carpet weaving industry. Local people who knew the couple said that this couple were planning to build a kindergarten using their own money. Not government money, not GoFundMe money, not deep pocket money, not from this org or that organization, but their own money to start a kindergarten, to build a kindergarten. Well, a 19-year-old shepherd hunted them down and slaughtered them. Shot the father and four-year-old boy with a hunting rifle, chased the wife, the young mother, drove her over a cliffside into a ravine. He faces life in prison for premeditated murder, which he confessed to, Because, again, this is one of these Western nations that does not believe in capital punishment, that does not believe in the value of human life, in the value of innocent, honorable, godly, righteous life, and does not believe in protecting it and defending it, does not believe in punishing the evil. So advanced, so modern. I imagine you probably heard about the sporting goods store, Academy Sports, which fired a manager for tackling a so-called customer, you know, a non-paying customer, (laughs) who ran out of the store with a stolen gun and ammunition. And they call that a customer. (laughs) Well, he broke store policy by doing it, so they fired him. This company 
based in Texas, I believe. The store was in Tallahassee, Florida. But I believe that the headquarters of the store, yes, it's in Katy, Texas. Katy, Texas, you know, the Bible Belt of America, Texas, and so conservative and so pro-gun and all that. (laughs) And here, they fired this manager for doing this. Remarkable, I think. Dean Crouch. He was suspended for a week and then he was fired via conference call. (laughs) Uh, And the company said, while this incident ended without injuries, actions inconsistent with our corporate policies were taken. Outstanding Academy Sports. Outstanding. Bravo. Bravo. And another case where <laughs> where freedom in America, it just makes you, you know, proud, just proud. This gentleman, Larry Murphy. committed an egregious wrong by displaying a 17-inch American flag. That's less than a foot and a half American flag he had placed in a flower pot. That is, he had the little standard or stick for it in a flower pot on the porch of his condo in Florida. He received notice from the Tides Condominium Association that he had an unauthorized object on his front porch. They demanded it be removed, and they stated that he would be fined $100 each day until it was removed. $100 a day by this homeowners association, condominium association. Well, instead of moving, instead of putting his place up for sale, he fought it. And he has burned through hundreds of thousands of dollars. And they put liens on his property for those $100 a day fines finally forcing him to sell. But this is the United States of America. This is that nation for which so many young men, yes, there have been some young women, thanks to the corrupted, perverted government of this nation that have gone off to war. There have been some young women that have in recent years and... uh, small number have lost their lives and a number have been maimed and mutilated and a number have been taken captive and 
monstrously suffered evil, but myriad evils. But this is the nation for which millions of young men have suffered and died. Millions and millions have been maimed and mutilated and burned and had their lives destroyed. When I'm saying millions and millions, I'm going back. I'm including World War II, World War I, the war between the states, on up to now. And they have suffered these things for the United States of America to be a free nation. And here is the free nation that we have. Free for the evil to commit evil with impunity if and or when they should happen to be caught and prosecuted if by chance they are caught and prosecuted and convicted and sent to prison for a pled down version of what they've committed, then of course we don't believe in executing them for whatever multitudinous evils they've committed. That just would be wrong. But meanwhile, we can do this. We can corrupt and pervert this nation. We can enable and facilitate the corruption, the degradation, the perversion of this nation, of its young, of its children. And we can strip the citizens of freedom. It's a great, great nation. And you look around the world and you say, absolutely, the United States of America, well, depends how honest-minded you are, how intellectually honest you are. But if you are, you'd have to say the United States of America is great. However, it is so greatly fallen from what it should be. Not improved. Not improved. This isn't about being a technological giant. This isn't about being the most beautiful country in the world. And there are beautiful countries. If you've seen any of the Tour de France, you know France is a beautiful country. And there are many beautiful parts of the world. Many parts of Russia are spectacular. But America's greatness is not, was not about how beautiful it was. It wasn't about what great natural riches it had. It wasn't about the commodious climate throughout the vast, I don't know about vast, but anyway, through a majority of the nation. Not really. It was really the spiritual fabric. Oh, I know. Those like Al Sharpton and Jesse, his bro, I don't know. Jesse Jackson and company, uh, they would have us believe otherwise. But it's about the spiritual fabric of this nation, which has been unraveled, corrupted, perverted, violated, and destroyed. 
I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is right about this program is thanks to God Almighty and His Christ Jesus, my Lord and Savior and God. And whatever's wrong about it is due to me. Well, you know, United States of America has gone to pot. I mean, really gone to pot. Actually, factually gone to pot. Yes, Mary Jane, marijuana. Uh, what is the term they want to use? They want us to use as, I'm probably going to mispronounce it, cannabis or whatever, you know, like cannibal, cannabis. Well, Oregon, Oregon has led the way. Oregon is a state of great beauty, great forests, and some rivers, wonderful coastline of the Pacific Ocean, and uh, comparatively small population, Portland, Oregon, the, the surrounding greater Portland, Oregon area, certainly has overwhelming majority of the population of the state. Political leaning of the state depends on where you are in the state. If you're in an area of the state other than the greater Portland area, then it is not politically leftist. However, the leftists rule and reign. And Oregon has led the way for many evil agenda items. Why is that, do you suppose? Well, one reason is this, is that advertising to reach the people of Oregon is much cheaper than it is to reach the people of California and so on and so forth. So Oregon has been used as a Pied Piper state to lead the nation. Namely, they end up getting these evil, horrendous things legalized in Oregon via referendum petitions. And then they get them recognized across the rest of the nation. So they led the way with regard to medical marijuana. And they've led the way with regard to recreational marijuana. So they are the go-to guys to go to to find out how to do this. If your state wants to have a medical marijuana program, wants to do it right, wants to do it well, if you want to have recreational marijuana program, absolutely you need to reference Oregon's programs which have been at the forefront, and they are the model for the nation. Imagine the surprise of some people should they find out that Oregon's model programs are a complete, outrageous, criminally irresponsible nightmare. But they are. How much medical marijuana is in the pipeline in Oregon? State doesn't know. State has no idea. No, the managers of the state's program admit they simply don't know because of lax reporting by the producers. Oh, isn't that shocking? Isn't that shocking that these pot producers are lax in their reporting to the state? Oh, my word. Such righteous individuals as that. Such honorable, noble people as as those pot producers. Who would have dreamt that they would be 
less than prompt and accurate and honest and forthright about their reporting to the state. I could never have imagined that. I could never have predicted such a thing. Never. But in addition to that, of course, the other thing to blame is this. We need more money. Yes, the reason that we've legalized these things is because it's going to bring so much money into the state, right? It's it's just going to be this great boondoggle, just like with legalized gaming, legalized gambling, which has become a nationwide blight. Thank you, Donald Trump, who, (laughs) you know, you were a first adopter of that, of course, with his casinos here, there, and the other place. Uh, almost all of which have failed spectacularly, and he has sold. But anyway, no. Who could have imagined such a thing as this? These are going to bring in money, all kinds of money, into the state coffers, and then that will be used for all of our other programs. Really? No. No, we need more money so that we can police this. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough employees We need a much, much, much bigger budget and much bigger staff in order to oversee this. So what does this result in, this complete malfeasance here in Oregon after all of these years, going back to 1998, 20 years they've been in this business, 20 years. And they have no clue what's going on. But it creates opportunities for marijuana to be diverted into the black market. Shocker there. Who would have dreamt? Hmm? Well, I mean, after all, you know they meant well. They intended well. Surely they did. There were more than 20,000 medical pot grow sites. How many inspections do you imagine were conducted of those more than 20,000 medical pot grow sites in 2017? How many? I mean, just a, just a rough guesstimate. What do you imagine? You know, like looking at the, uh, the jelly beans in the, a vase or something and trying to figure out how many are in there. More than 20,000 grow sites. How many inspections in one year in 2017? The last year that we have figures for. How about 58? 58. How about 58? Because that's the number. 58 inspections of legal pot-growing sites, of which there are more than 20,000 that they know of. Well, the Deschutes County Sheriff and District Attorney finally went public with such information in February. And they stated that the state was allowing black market operations to proliferate through lack of oversight. They didn't say what I say. They were criminally, criminally responsible 
But, and again, you know, what's responsible for this? Inadequate funding and staffing. Hmm. Outstanding. Meanwhile, the Deschutes County Sheriff's Department, they tried to obtain a list of medical marijuana grow sites from the state. The state refused. The state claimed the law does not permit it to provide such a list. It could only respond on a case-by-case basis. Oh, no, the right to privacy by these pot growers is preeminent and trumps everything else. Law enforcement cannot even find out where these sites are from the state. Is that enlightened? Is that, I mean, is that enlightened governance here? Oregon. And these people, they take pride in, you know, in being so extremely advanced. I know. I I, uh, have a family member, family members, but... uh, who view that part of the United States of America, Washington, Oregon, Washington meaning greater Seattle, Washington, Oregon, greater Portland, Oregon, as being truly superior, enlightened, you know, right along with the other centers of enlightenment. Okay. Yes. Really outstanding. Meanwhile, you know, that wonderful, beautiful, spectacular... A group of women, the uh, Kartrashian clan, the extended clan there, who are so proud of how trashy they are. <laughs> they, they give their, uh, they report on it, you know, to the media. You know, look at me, look at me, all their stuff. Well, there is an amazing development here for Kylie Jenner. That's right. There's a GoFundMe site dedicated to raising $100 million for Kylie Jenner so that she can become a billionaire. Have you ever heard of a more compelling, compelling cause than that? She's $100 million short of billionaire status, or she was when they started this GoFundMe site. Wow, that is so great. It reminds me of the Word of God, which is, of course, you know, something that is so passe and so archaic and so arcane and all of that as compared to (laughs) this sort of thing. Uh, But not to quote, but to paraphrase, God condemns giving money to the rich. Now, those who want to jump in like the Nancy Pelosi's and Elizabeth Warren's and say, aha, we should be taxing the rich to the yin-yang. No. No. It's not about saying that money should be extracted from the rich, from the Kartrashians and those like them. But it is to say that it is loathsome, sinful, even evil, wicked to give money to the rich. 
And here, her buddies and pals and friends, her bosom buddies here, they start this insane GoFundMe site dedicated to raising $100 million for her so that she can become a billionaire. I don't know what age this young woman is. I'm going to say it's on the low side of 30, meaning, you know, less than 30. But she's spectacularly beautiful, as are all of the women in that Kartrashian clan. No, I'm not quoting somebody else. I penned that myself. So if somebody else uses it, uh, I'm used to having my things taken, uh, my creations <laughs> taken and used by, abused by others. Uh, perchance you saw about the Ninth Circuit Court, United States Appellate Court, which has now ruled to uphold the right to carry openly in public. And this was stemming from a case that they heard from Hawaii. The Ninth Appellate Court, of all places, is in the San Francisco Bay Area. Remarkable decision. Remarkable that they would come out with a righteous decision. <laughs> it was just remarkable. And they apologized for it, but they said, but the Second Amendment <laughs> guarantees it. Ah, oh, well, something that is due to happen here very shortly, this week, I believe, is that the moon is due to be blood red. Yes, this week. Total lunar eclipse, which will not be seen, not visible from North America, but can be seen in South America, Africa, Middle East, Central Asia. And here, this is, again, unlike myself, let's get a quote from a brilliant scientist. Um, you know, not somebody like myself. So, quote, this is a really cool eclipse. Okay, man. No. All right, dude, let me go back there. Quote, this is a really cool eclipse. End quote. Said Noah Petro, a planetary geologist at NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center. <laughs> oh, my dear. Anyway, he goes on to say this is going to be the longest eclipse of the century. Well, it's fascinating not to say that this has anything to do with this because it does not. But in the Bible, in the Holy Bible, in the last book of the Holy Bible, Revelation, in what is referenced as being chapter 6, Verse 12, and I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal and lo, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became as blood. Oh my, well, coincidence. Uh, but anyway, again, this is <laughs> the event that's taking place this week predates that that is spoken of in God's word. How do we know that? Because of all of the other incidents, all of the other events pertaining to that. But it, this is a precursor, a foretaste. There will be another such event. And contrary to what this genius, Noah, says, it will be longer than this one, than this really cool eclipse. It will be longer, more pronounced than this one. And it will be this century. Uh, you don't have to take my word on that, but 
I state that categorically as being true. So it's going to be the following, quote, when it's fully engulfed, that is the moon, will turn copper blood red color. It will turn a deep, deep red when it's at the greatest point in the eclipse. But it's just a cool thing, just a cool event, right? No significance. You know, it's just like the story that I saw about 21 mysteries in space that nobody knows the answers to. (laughs) Nobody. None of the blind, ignorant, anti-God, anti-Christ. Darwinian evolutionist scientists comprehend or understand. All right? But that's the way it is. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you.